When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. For immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire power, saved during the big holiday sale on now. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than that. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Tuesday. It is the 8th of November. Another great day weather-wise. We're about to uh, burn up. Top 30 degrees, uh, just like yesterday. It's going to be nice and nice and warm, so get ready for that. Make sure you hydrate, all those things. Uh, and if you see a thirsty koala, make sure you give it some water. Good morning, Adam Kearney. Well, well, well. <laughs> There he is. If it isn't the man who's too good for AM radio. <laughs> Morning, Graham. I thought about staging a Merlin Big Brother type protest today and taping my mouth shut. Oh, you and Merlin really um, cut from the same cloth, aren't you? Both uh, highly regarded uh, political figures. But I thought, no, I'll be mature about this decision and I'll speak to you. <laughs> This morning, but I do it with a broken heart. And to find out the way that I did was probably the most shattering aspect of it all. Scrolling through Instagram, it's like being broken up with by a lover over a text message, which was probably the saddest thing of all, having to find out that way. And my heart shattered into a thousand pieces. There were tears on the pillowcase last night, so... It is with a heavy heart that we push through this show today. Jeez, remember um, last week or whenever it was and after you had your five-day uh, bender and you came back and your voice was just really, really shallow and it was just it was just lacking something, like a bit of oomph? Yeah. it's 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 got a similar tone to it this morning. Yeah. Well, that was my whole body was breaking down. Um, a lot of, uh, some, some enzymes through the liver. And this is just me trying to pick up the pieces of a broken heart this morning. That's why I've got no power. <laughs> That's why there's no there's no enthusiasm in my voice because I feel like I just don't know how I'm going to go on. Oh, well, look, we'll have to push on. I apologise that you had to find out in such a way. But um, look, from here, I guess all that we can do is take it one day at a time, put in 110% and give full credit to the boys. Mm. Yes, anyway, anyway, we'll push on. So if you don't know what we're talking about, just jump over to Hazy's Instagram page and you'll see him gloating about oh, yeah. his life and how good it is and oh. onwards and upwards. And <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. It, it I don't is, even care. I don't even Tuesday. care. Yeah, I don't even care. Who cares? I don't care. I'm not Whatever. crying. You're crying. It's fine. Tuesday, though, Kearns, this will get you up and about. Big show, real big show. We're going to speak to Mark Milligan. How good speaking to someone after a big win? That's what you want to do. That's what dreams were made of. Mark Milligan after a big 4-2 win over Western United. We'll speak to Michelangelo Rucci and also Daniel Johnson, Adelaide 36ers. 
Uh, CJ Bruton is speaking this morning as well. Interesting. Nice. Mm, CJ Bruton is speaking at a press conference this morning. Be interesting. Oh, so he's not not speaking directly to us, but we're going to get we'll get a quote from him or two, I believe. I just reckon uh, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of CJ's mouth this morning. So we'll say, just watch this space. Thirty six fans. Really? Was he going to come to leaping to defence of one of his stars, or what do you what do you think is going to happen? No, no, no. We'll just wait and see. It's a genuine watch this space. Is he going to? He, he's not going to throw in the towel as well, is he? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, but let's just say, I think he saw my three-point shot on the weekend. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sniffing a new signing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and speaking of sniffing a new signing, the text already coming in. Here's an example. Callum and Coons in the morning in 2023. Does that have a ring to it? <laughs> oh, does it ever? <laughs> At least we know we're all set for content next year with our man Callum. He comes up with the goods just about every morning. So. Absolutely, he does. Yeah, that'll be that'll be uh, terrific. So, um, oh well, uh, it's a bit of a sad day, but anyway, I've just got a text from uh, our producer that said we're not supposed to be talking about this. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were briefed. I thought you were briefed on this. <laughs> well, once it's on Instagram, it's it's public knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just uh, kind of assumed it was brave for trying to move off in a different direction, but here we are. Look, well, you can't you, you can't publicly say that you're going to um, another establishment and then try and keep it quiet because everyone knows. Everyone follows you on the gram. Mm. I know you don't have a blue tick. You're not sort of certified uh, famous just yet, but I'll tell you what, it's not far away now, <laughs> is it? Now that you're taking over Adelaide. Really kicking it with the big dogs, isn't it? Like Adam Kearney. With his just, it's just a blue tick fest for you, isn't it? On all social media platforms. Well, generally, they're the only people that I pay attention to or write back to on the <laughs> social media platforms. But <laughs> with you, I'll make an exception because <laughs> you'll be running that town soon. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you. Uh, and look, it should be said as well that we're such a tight-knit SCNSA family. We share absolutely everything. So, I mean, mm. who are we to keep, uh, keep secrets? We don't do that here. We are very, very open because we share and we work through things together. Well, you kept it a secret from me until I read it on Instagram last night. <laughs> that is true. That not is even a, a hint issue. of a not even a hint of a little sort of a morsel being thrown my way about your future. But mm. Anyway, I'm, look, I'm I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh no! Don't give me that. If I had a nickel for every time my dad or my teacher said that, oh, I'd be able to probably buy a couple of pies. <laughs> for lunch. Uh, life, eh? Sometimes life just smacks you right between the eyes. You think everything's going along well, and then all of a sudden your whole world just crumbles under you. That's how I'm feeling today. It's a similar, it's a sort of post Melbourne Cup feeling. I'm, I'm like this morning. Uh, I'm sorry. I know it'll get you up. Bit of music, baby. Yeah, it's a dream yeah. come true. Yeah. Walking right, right alongside of you. you. Feeling better? I don't even know what song that is. <laughs> I don't even know as well. If anyone knows, baby, it's some sort of song that starts with baby. Baby, that <laughs> <laughs> was the great man. We haven't checked. Um, we haven't checked up with him for a while no, on the air. Haven't. I think he's. Still I've seen him in New York. He does. He's doing various other slots around the place, but he hasn't checked in with the old SA Brecky crew. No, he checked in with Melbourne Breakfast, and I think they had a little mm. chat with him about his run. Um, look, he's a very, very busy man, and look, he's over there trying to enjoy himself. So there's a part of me that wants to catch up with him and, and really go into detail about everything that he's doing over there because he's he's doing it properly. Like they're going to all these uh, – they've gone to – I think they went to an NFL game. They've gone to some NBA games. They're doing it well, the Cornses. 
Uh, having a grand old time, aren't they? Once me just, you know, I'm going to leave him alone and let him enjoy his holiday. But um, the big fella, no doubt, has recovered and probably has since gone on a, another little recovery run since his uh, marathon, which he clocked in two hours 40. Sort of three minute 47 split kilometres times 42, which is just absurd. Um, but I can tell you as well that after his run to, to Melbourne, I'm not even kidding. It must have been like three or four days afterwards. And I'm getting a coffee in Croydon, and guess who runs past me? No, he didn't. Just insane. I was like, just hey. a recovery trot, was it? Well, it couldn't have been a recovery trot because he was running with Jack and Jess Trengove, and yeah, they don't sort of go for recovery runs. Um, they go for what would we would call the race of our lives. <laughs> Does he go for a run without Jess Trengove these days? Well, I'm not sure. Jess was coming he first. Just too, seems by the way. to be seems He's... to be attached to her hip every time that she goes for a run. He seems to be tagging along behind like a dog on a lead. Well, I think it's good because he can't he can't get near her, so nah. he chases her pretty hard. I think she ran at two twenty seven. So and he came in at two forty. And the train. Did, I, did you say that he, she finished in the top ten of that? She did, Marathon yeah. For oh, boy, that's good going. She finished ninth. <laughs> that's incredible effort. Um, so Jess Denson, actually, um, boarding a plane right now in New York. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and get her on the show on Thursday. Is that right, Jace? Yeah, Jace. Ooh, nice. Absolutely. And, I mean, not, no surprises all over everything. So Jess is on her way back. I'm not sure exactly when Kane's getting back, but maybe we'll try and hit up the great man when he gets back because there's a lot to talk about for the big fella. Well, I think so. I think it's probably time that we checked in. He has forgotten his roots. He regularly gives his time to the Melbourne brekkie crew, but he's sort of forgotten where it all began for him, <laughs> post-firefighter. Just like you. Just like you when you went off to the big smoke. Don't forget about uh, don't forget about Adelaide. Don't forget about Blackwood. Don't forget about Flagstaff Hill. <laughs> well, I think Blackwood forgot about me pretty quickly mm. when they sort of said, "Look, uh, what's your what, what sort of future do you think you're going to have at this school? Maybe you should se- uh, seek opportunities elsewhere." And Aberfoyle Park, they just welcomed me with open arms. <laughs> it's they said, "Year twelve, oh, yeah, you don't even have to wear a school uniform at this at this way. joint." You just turn up and you be yourself and we're going to claim you. It's funny how Blackwood forgot about you because they certainly didn't forget about the Hilltop Hoods, did they? They celebrate them daily. Oh, well, they're still pretty successful, that's why. Extremely. They haven't put a foot wrong, the the Hilltop Hoods. I just wish that um, I was a few years older so I could have mingled with them. But um, I still listen to them. First CD I ever brought was uh, Hilltop Hoods, actually. Five bucks it cost me. Matter of time, I believe the the name of the CD is, and pretty hard to get your hands on that CD now because really? it didn't really go mainstream. They didn't hit the big time until after that. But matter of time, I think their best CD of all. Right. Okay. So I'm guessing that didn't have nosebleed section on it. No. No. It was uh, it was prior to nosebleed section. I think their um, their main single was 1979, if memory serves me correctly, and it was a cracker. I used to put it in the discman and sit on the on the floor of the bus because there were no seats on the way home, and just used to listen to the lads. And there were the uh, the sounds of my youth, Andrew. Uh, there you go with your coral necklace and your your reef slides. <laughs> you were looking the reef slides. Didn't have reef slides. I might have had. I think I had etnies at that stage. Oh, or Globes. Globes are a pretty popular skate shoe. My old man used to sell shoe goo for a while when I was used to um, popping some kickflips. Used to um, ruin them 
weekly, but anyway, we digress as usual. We're <laughs> digressing just slightly. Uh, what about your boy Novak Djokovic? And he's caught up in yet uh, another bit of a scandal. So have What's you seen, he done now? Have Made a baby vision? cry? <laughs> he made so many babies cry. Bizarre footage has emerged of Novak Djokovic's team apparently attempting to conceal something being poured into the Serbian star's water bottle mid-match. The what? video, taken during Djokovic's third set tiebreak win over Stefanos Sissipas in the semi-final of the Paris Masters on Sunday, appears to show his entourage mixing up a concoction while courtside. The yellow drink bottle was then handed to a ball kid who took it to Djokovic. The fan video also appears to catch the moment Djokovic's team realise they're being watched. One member of the group can be seen moving to shield the bottle from view. It's unbelievable footage. Google it. The footage originally shared on Twitter has gone viral after it was shared by journalist Damien Riley. He said, can anyone who knows tennis explain what is going on here and why it's been done this way? It looks amazingly dodgy and he's right. The lack of curiosity about this from the tennis media is astonishing. He literally told a room full of journalists he was taking a magic potion during Wimbledon and they just fell about laughing. At Wimbledon, <laughs> Turns out it was the, he was taking a magic potion. Oh my gosh. At Wimbledon, Djokovic repeatedly refused to reveal what he drank from a bottle while on court. He brushed it off as a magic potion before claiming he couldn't reveal what was inside just yet. He said, it's a magic potion. That's all I can say. You'll find out soon, but I can't speak about it now. So there's no suggestion that Djokovic has done anything wrong, but the footage has sparked further calls for more transparency around substances taken by players, including from Lena's tennis journalist, Ben Rothenberg. Um, I think uh, a few tennis experts have come out since and said, look, there's nothing to see here. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, and that could be the case. But I just, I just wonder, and if you watch this vision, like they're genuinely shielding the person who's putting this concoction together. So if if there's nothing to see here, then why the need for such a shield? Mm. Yeah, well, it always looked guilty, doesn't it? Like similar to Sandpaper Gate when the they followed the cameras followed the trail of, of the, the the little bit of uh, sandpaper coming out and then going into the pocket, coming out of the pocket, rubbing onto the ball, and then they realised that the the gig was up, and then they tried to hide it all. It was a bit similar mm. to that with Novak's magic potion, but it's either going to be one of two things, isn't it? It's going to be, I will say, um, LSD or COVID vaccine. <laughs> yeah, spot on. It's um, going to be one of the two because we know that he loves um, modern medicine. He's all about that and he's a philanthropist. Uh, so maybe that's how he gets his um, he gets his joy from either LSD or, or that sort of secret, yeah. secret herbs and spices with his own COVID vaccine. Mm, some kind of <laughs> secret potion. Certainly nothing to do with the COVID vaccine. I just found it strange that they handed him this bottle. And then he started drinking it. And then within like 20 seconds, he just turned into this giant, muscly green man. And his clothes started splitting and they were calling him Novak Holkovic. <laughs> and then really performed well on the tennis court. Yeah, yeah. This is the sort of stuff that Nova's going to love. With his, <laughs> with his aggressively spiky hair that's somewhere in between um, a trendy haircut and a shaved head consistently. <laughs> Like Look, has he been has he been drug tested since this um, vision has come out? No, every time the drug test has come near him, and just like that <laughs> article suggests, he just laughs and says, "Oh, don't worry about it, boys." And they roll around. Ha ha. Okay, Novak, see ya. Give him the Hulk smash, and away he goes. 
I think it was Roger Rashid who's come out as well and said, and we love Roger Rashid every time we speak to him, absolutely magnificent. So he's also come out and said, look, there's nothing to see here. It's not a big deal. So that makes me go, okay. I, I just we just need a bit of transparency because it it genuine it does look dodgy. Could just be it would just be a homemade little electrolyte, wouldn't it? Like a a Serbian Powerade. Yeah, which is how <laughs> Serbians do things a little bit differently. We know that. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of rocket fuel to get him going. <laughs> the Serbians. Yeah, no, Serbians are moonshine. They get right around it. Well, that wouldn't help me play good tennis. <laughs> no. Sam Booker would help me play some good tennis, I reckon. Sam Booker, your secret source, your secret potion is Sam Booker. Who would have thought? Nobody. Nobody's consuming Sam Booker these days except for you. They're the last person in this country uh, to put that disgusting black sauce in your guts. Yeah, never again either. Never again. Sort of a dark blue when it comes back out. <laughs> gross. Absolutely <laughs> gross. It just reminds me of that disgusting sort of licorice taste to it as well. Mm, mother's milk. Come on, Peter Pants. Time to grow up. All right, we're doing thanks to Type Out this morning. We're family safety rates number one. And also, we're getting around weeks. Discover a better way to build weeks homes. Discover different. Another hot day on the way in Adelaide. Gorgeous weather for you Tuesday. 18 minutes past six. Class leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Latest update on the movements and whereabouts of Kane Corns. Thought he was uh, sticking around in New York for a couple of days. I think he's on the plane as well, Coons. So there you go. Uh, the big dogs uh, coming back to Australia. And that is Jess Trengove and Kane Corns. Is he up the front? Has he left the family in cattle class and flown business himself? Or is he... Get it? Got everyone up the front? That's another question that needs to be answered. I heard that he's going to run back from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if he did the uh, triathlon leg, a little cycle to yeah. the water, f- swim across the, I'm going to say, Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> through the Atlantic. Cop that, Ned Brockman. <laughs> yeah. Anything you can do, Ned, I can do better. Yeah. A um, couple of really lovely texts from two lovely blokes, and that is Dave and Louie. Appreciate those texts. Thanks, boys. Uh, this one on 0427154166 from Shane Northover. He said, we know Kimbo doesn't get up till mid-morning. How about Coon Dog and Roach for breakfast? Ooh, that's got a good ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be good. Who, who's going to anchor, though? Would I have to take the hosting role and ask them the big, hard-hitting questions to Ruchelangelo Mikey? Do you, you know what? You would, actually. You would have to host. So do you want to get some practice in? Yeah. <laughs> Weeks building homes for a long time. I did it the other day. Easy. All right. At some like, stage, maybe sometime six, towards the of. end of this week, maybe sometime towards the end of this week, let's um, let's get you some, some hosting opportunities and <laughs> see how you go. You can take <laughs> us out of a couple of breaks. Can you tell me which day it's going to be? Because um, I won't drink the night before, I promise. <laughs> Let's do it on Thursday. We did this once before and it went beautifully, disastrously. Oh, it was the smoothest transition we've ever heard from an ad break into someone talking absolute garbage. Yeah, that was really, really good. So Thursday, we'll build up to it. So just to get you, you know what? It's just going to be another notch on your belt. And that's a belt that's got so many notches. <laughs> it's a belt that's getting tighter and tighter, tighter as well as the, as the days go by. I have been left a trade radio, I think it was either last year or the year before I was doing um, the uh, the hot slot, I dubbed it. I think it was 9 till 11 with Sam Edmund. And because he was getting 
phone calls about a potential deal that went down with about 20 seconds to go in the last ad break. His phone rang and he just sprinted out of the studio (laughs) and just said, you're on your own here. And then he just left me and everyone sort of said, well, well, you've just got to... um, you just got to pad until he gets back. So how did you take it? How did you go? Well, I was sweating. Yeah. Fair to say I was sweating. Because, right. I, well, I, I did. I, there was look, no preparation into what I had to do. I didn't even know I had what what credits I had to read. I, I forgot the phone number. There was all sorts of chaos uh, ensued. But I think I just made up something. I might have just done a, a, a team's best 22. Let's do Carlton's best 22 for next year after the trade period. And then I just rattled off a few few names and that was it and then he came back in the studio and I was I was sweating bullets though it was a, it was a tough it was probably about 30 seconds but it felt like about three days so you could rattle off the the mobile number um the the week's open line to get yourself into gear before you start talking so let's give you a little bit of practice okay we're just going to come out of a little break here so as soon as you hear the music let's pretend you're coming out of a break and you're setting up the next break okay you ready okay here we go I'm better than when I'm looking at you I'm better Good morning, everyone. It's uh, it's about twenty past six. Stinking hot day coming up. Hazy's left us. He's dogged us. He's gone to a better, it's good. better life. So let's just shut the station down now. There's no point in continuing on <laughs> music from here on in. <laughs> let's play Nims's playlist. Right. <laughs> We're out of here. All right. We are now a music station, so you know what that means. We get the opportunity. Oh, baby, do you know what that's worth? You made heaven a place on earth. Well, that's the future for SENSA. It is Blinda Carlisle, Kane Corns cover songs. Oh, that's good. Watch the rating skyrocket. His, his tone is the same for every song, Kane. Yeah, a little bit. I can be your hero, oh, baby. Yeah, it's consistent, isn't it? You think I'm pretty without any makeup on. How did you get him to do this? I don't know. It was early days as well, and what we all learnt and what Kane aggressively learnt was the mics were always recording, so yeah. um, particularly after the show, he'd be very, very excited and just um, singing some of his favourite songs. Baby! And then all of a sudden, we'd just always be recording, so much so that we even used to mix it with music. I want to know what love is. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to show me. It's good stuff, is that a duet? Was that a little duet I heard, or that was, was that me. just Kane? It was just Kane, me jumping Ooh. in as well. It's good fun. Oh, that's nice. So was that uh, Hits with Hazy days? That that was. Oh, let's never speak of that ever again. Remember those when you yeah, used to bring the guitar in and wow the listeners? Yeah, he used to cop it online as well from everyone, including Graham Corns. Connor Rosie was. Not that one. He used to call me all <laughs> sorts of different things. Uh, <laughs> just sort of. Well, he, he wasn't happy with Hits with Haze. You dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> There it, is. <laughs> it was like you and you and Bob for a while there, going sort of toe to toe. He was in the afternoon, used to bring the guitar in, and then you used to fire back in the mornings. Yeah. It was like a real life um, sort of episode of well, what, what's that? What was the one that Shannon Noel and guys Australian Idol. Australian <laughs> Idol? Yeah, and not the good early episodes, like the good early series. Um, the 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 latter series where you're like, what is going on here? Lee, Lee Harding wasabi top areas. <laughs> remember on they uh, on the footy show they had the um, they did a similar thing. It was like an Australian Idol, but there was players or and players partners. They used to come in. They they had a yes. sing off, and you had to vote for the eventual winner. Lauren Phillips might have gone 
pretty deep in that competition. Yeah, I think Bob right. had a go at it as well. See, I remember as well the NRL footy show used to do some stuff like that where the players would come in and sing. And oh, I'll tell you what, some of the guys were really, really good. Like, really good. And it was always quite surprising. They'd just be sitting there singing along and go, this guy's got some rhythm. Absolute <laughs> double big, threats. This big 150-kilo uh, guy has the voice of an angel. Yeah, with calves as big as your head. <laughs> what else is going on? Good stuff, boys. Isaac Rankin's quite talented in that department, I believe. He is very good. So do yourself a favour if you need a bit of music, and no doubt you'd be loving Isaac Rankin if you're a Crows fan right now. Check out his Instagram. The kid can play and sing the guitar. Very, very talented. He plays and sings the guitar. He sings the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good he goes. He can get a guitar to sing. <laughs> uh, let's get to a break, please. It is 6.30 on 16.29 SENSA. Uh, we'll get around Chemist Warehouse as well. The Real House of Fragrances this Christmas. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Text line, thank you for the text. They're coming through thick and fast. 0427 154 Can you give us a call as well all the way up until 8.30? 736 736. Like Annie's done. Good morning, Annie. Good morning, boys. How are we all? Going very well. How are you going? Very well, thank you. I've just had a four-day camping trip up to... Blanche Town and annual um, what we call the trainers, trainers trip with my local Newry Tigers and it was just absolutely fabulous, although we couldn't be down by the river, obviously. Uh, we get to camp on private property, so Beautiful. I had a fairly sportless weekend as far as keeping in the loop, um, but the one thing is I do know that came completed the New York Marathon. Yes. So, yes, congratulations, our cane boy. Yep. Well done. He's a he's an absolute legend. Yeah, he's an absolute champion. 2.37 he ran, 2 hours and 37 minutes. So, or 2 hours 40, I think it was actually. So he wants to eventually break 2 hours and 30 minutes. Just trying to go over to 2.27, which is just insane. She came ninth. Um, so there you go. Um, Adam Cooney also recently had a four-day bender. <laughs> yeah, I could have ended up in Blanchetown as well at some stage, Annie. Did we ca- did we catch up? Did you did see Adam Cooney the down there? Any chance, Annie? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. Were you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a bender though. We oh, had we right. had a few we had a few cocktails. We always have a theme every year, yep. and this year was um, like race day, so there was. Plenty of fascinators and hats and all that kind of stuff. And we had, um, like, four different cocktails that uh, day. So cool. Which um, ones? had a few. Oh, God, now you're asking me, Coon. Um, something about Something about, oh, yeah, okay. Um, I think it was called a hairy nipple. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Which, what about yeah, the cocktail? Which was, <laughs> <laughs> which was, um. Bailey's and crushed ice and fresh raspberries. Ooh. So that was that was pretty nice. And then there was a peach vodka iced tea. Ooh, very nice. So that wasn't too bad either. Yep. Um, I can't remember what the other two were, but I didn't overindulge. Very so, good. You were responsible. Um, very sensible. 
Irresponsible Annie. That's the most important thing. But uh, I tell you what, if I had a dollar for every hairy nipple that I consumed over the journey, Coons, uh, mm. well, I'd be buying you dinner. It sounds um, like one of the more delicious hairy nipples that you could chew on. Uh, Bailey's over ice with a bit of raspberry. Sure. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take two, thanks. Delightful. I don't know how they got from that to a hairy nipple. <laughs> oh, good stuff. But what happens in Blanchetown stays in Blanchetown. You know that as well. Maybe it's that, like the little garnish they put on top is the hair from a nipple <laughs> over the Baileys on yeah. ice. That'll take you to the next level. Uh, 6.39. From, from the nipple of Blanche herself. <laughs> Blanche. For goodness sake, Blanche, shave those nipples. 16.29 SENSA. <laughs> thanks to Tire Power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. King gives calls. Well, at any time, just like Annie, let's be open and share our experiences over the weekend. If you had a four-day bender in Blanchetown, let us know. one 736 736 For immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre power. Save during the big holiday sale on now. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Good morning to you, powered by Lumo Energy SA this morning. And of course, text lines open 0427154166. Thanks to Weeks. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes Discover Different. Um, Adam Cooney's in. Coons, time to get stuck into our sports updates. Uh, we'll start with some cricket. Sri Lanka has suspended player Danushka Ganathalaka after he was charged with four counts of sexual assault in Australia. The local governing body of the sport said the 31-year-old batsman who was in Australia for the T20 World Cup, of course, was suspended from all forms of the game with immediate effect. Uh, Ganathalaka appeared at Sydney's Downing Centre local court on Monday via audio-visual link from Surrey Hills Police Station after he was arrested at Sussex Street Hotel in the city CBD about 1am on Sunday. Uh, the court rejected the player's application for bail. So we won't go into all of the details about the situation and everything, but uh, yeah, this is going to um, be at the forefront of everyone's attention for a f- little while yet, as this all plays out. Yes, yes. Uh, terrible stuff to come out of that and denied bail too. So um, yes, won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Mm, all right, let's uh, prepare for an absolute marathon of football and some seriously unhealthy sleeping patterns when the 2022 World Cup begins on November 21. So the Qatari time zone, which is the Arabian Standard Time, the AST, and as you know, the AST is all sorts of whackness, isn't exactly <laughs> kind to Australian viewers. Could be worse, though, when it comes to Socceroos matches. Australia's opener v France will be held at 6 a.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time, so 5.30 our time. And the second match against Tunisia is at the blockbuster time of 8.30 our time on a Saturday night. So um, there you go. And we are expecting today Craig Goodwin to be named in that World Cup squad. Yes, and the Reds will miss him, but uh, the Socceroos certainly gain a lethal left boot. So not too bad in terms of the uh, the AST and the, the timing yeah. between uh, Australian Eastern standards. So the first game, what, 5.30? Five thirty, yep. Five thirty, then eight thirty. Uh, that's night. not too bad. We'll be uh, we'll be up and about then. Are you still are you still working at that stage You're on holidays or what's it go? You got a few weeks off. No, I think at this stage I am still going to be going. So that will be, yeah, I'll still be here, mate. So look, um, particularly on, and I'm not sure if you'll be uh, down the other end. We'll still work out those little bits of mechanics as we come towards uh, the twenty first of November, but. Uh, we'll be able to really dissect it as it's happening, um, no, that first I'm, game, absolutely. I'm going to Triple J. <laughs> <laughs> I 
doing the brekkie show there. That makes sense, doesn't it? I could have predicted that. Absolutely yeah. could have predicted that. <laughs> uh, Premier League club Southampton announced Monday they had sacked manager Ralph Hasenhuttle after Hasenhuttle. a poor start to the season. Um, Hasenhuttle, after a poor start in South Coast club and relegation zone after Sunday's 4-1 defeat against Newcastle, said it was the appropriate time to make a change. First team coach Ruben Sellis will take charge of the side on an interim basis. So Hazen Huttle becomes the fifth Premier League manager sacked this season following Bournemouth's Scott Parker, Chelsea's Thomas Tuchel, Wolves' Bruno Lager and Aston Villa's Stephen Gerrard. So there you go. It is all happening. So you talk about how brutal it is. And we're going to hear about Damien Barrett a little bit later with coaches' payouts, etc. And just how brutal it is in the AFL. Well, if you lose um, a half in the Premier League, you're a chance to get sacked. Yeah, and when relegation is looming, um, that's always the hanging over your head, the thought of um, going down a division. And generally, uh, if a coach gets the team relegated, you're in some strife. So, yeah, Southampton again, and it's a pretty ruthless business over there in the Premier League. Mm, Absolutely. Uh, So we've known for a while now that uh, someone's been spiking Kyrie Irving's bathwater, and that's what's (laughs) been happening for the last couple of weeks. Brooklyn Nets have issued Kyrie Irving six items to complete in order to return to the team. Uh, number one, stop being a massive dickhead. <laughs> that's from the. That's a direct quote from Graham Corns, I believe, I to think, Kyrie Irving. I think that is a direct quote. You're right, from Graham Corns. You dickhead. Yeah, and then Kyrie's like, "What are you talking about, Graham?" I said, "Are you serious?" You dickhead. <laughs> He's yeah, just, just pushing flat. through. Six items to return. Uh, he needs to complete in order to return to the team amid fears his career may be over. Uh, before returning to the net, Serving must apologise and condemn the anti-Semitic movie, make a $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes, complete sensitivity training, uh, complete anti-Semitic training, meet with uh, ADL and Jewish leaders, and meet with the net's owner to demonstrate understanding. So Nike over the weekend suspended its relationship with Irving, effective immediately with the Star Guard's shoe deal, uh, with a sportswear giant worth approximately AU $17 million a year since 2014, set to be torn up. When are you going to get the message, Kyrie? Like, you're you're not bigger than this situation. Like, who's around him saying, like, you're above all this? It just... Come well, on. it's been going on for a long time now, hasn't it? These sort of warped views that Kyrie's had. It's st- it started with a couple of podcasts, didn't it, where he's... Uh, sort of left field views were uh, were aired, and then he went with the um, the flat Earth stuff. And I think after that, some people thought, "Oh, hang on, this guy's a little bit off." And then it was the COVID vaccine; uh, he refused to be vaccinated, and then he couldn't play in certain parts of uh, America. And now it's this. I mean, just seriously, enough's enough, Kyrie. Mm. Pull your head in. Sake, like, can't you possibly see? Like, go drink your bath water, Kyrie. That's fine, but someone spiked it clearly. So stop drinking it. Just give it a rest for a good couple of weeks, and then straighten yourself the... up and get back out and play some basketball. Um, and do, and then get back to underperforming for the Nets. <laughs> like, like your teammates yeah, like at, your at teammates. the moment. Uh, he's been drinking Novak special concoction, I think. <laughs> yeah, which is a, just a mixture of all the top athletes' bath water put together. Delicious stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, let's go through our footy shorts next. Uh, in the meantime, let's get around tyre power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. 
Uh, we are coming to you live from SENSA's Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street. We're powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's 6.50, uh, another hot one on the way across Adelaide today. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I see it, but I don't believe it! There is a pig at full forward. Stevie Mobloff, what a time! Oh! Oh, he is floating on air now! Simon! All righty, let's get stuck in about footy shorts. Uh, we'll start with some contract news uh, from the Demons. So Michael Hibber, Jake Melksham will be part of Medal's bid for redemption next year after inking respective one-year extensions. The veteran pair crossed to the Demons from Essendon in exchange for second-round picks, with Hibber doing so in 2015. And Melksham, the following season, Melbourne List Manager Tim Lamb said the new contracts were due reward for Hibbard's and Melksham's ongoing contributions. Both very good players. Um, of course, Michael Hibbard is a premiership player um, and has played over 100 games at the Demons. And Melksham's solid as well. And his form in the back half of the season was very good, Jake Melksham. Yeah, he plays a tough role too. Is that sort of hybrid forward. He's not a key position player and he's not a genuine small. So uh, he filled a void and played really well towards the back end of the season to cement his spot. Unfortunately, just missed out uh, on that premiership winning side. Michael Hibbard played in it. I played uh, with both of these guys at the Bombers, believe it or not, for a, a handful of games before they went off on a little holiday and both really uh, great characters. So they're sort of... Uh, glue guys that, that keep the team together and keep morale up. And um, if you're out at a restaurant and get a little bit lippy, you might even cop one from Jake Melcham. So look out. Of course, I was going to say. And uh, Stephen may, of course, cop one on his chin from <laughs> Jake Melcham. Not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. It just keeps you accountable. <laughs> well, it certainly didn't... Um didn't go down that well, I think, and I'm not going to. It didn't derail the season. I'm not. I'm not sure that the footy that they were playing towards the back end of the year was strong enough to win the premiership. But um, those sorts of things certainly don't help. But uh, pretty fiery customers, both Stephen May and Jake Melcham, and neither took a backward step and planted a few on each other. From, there you go. Uh, what we believe. We don't endorse that sort of behaviour, but sometimes it happens and you move on, you learn from it, and eventually you laugh about it. I'm not sure Stephen May's chin's laughing. It's held a grudge to uh, Jake Milkson's fist ever since, but that's okay. It's a different story. <laughs> I think he was missing with concussion that mm -hmm. week as well, Stephen yeah. May. So. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, strange. They're strange, strange species footballers, aren't they? Yes, indeed. Uh, in the AFLW, the Crows will take on Collingwood in the semi final this Saturday. That's going to be happening at Unley Oval. Um, and Chelsea Randall will play. Looks like she's going to play. So if you saw the vision on the weekend, it's outrageous stuff. So she copped a hit, as Chelsea does, so much, um, and then had a blood nose and emerged from this and went to take a kick at goal and tripped over her own shoelaces. But because of the timing of it, everyone thought that she was stumbling and showing concussion symptoms. But she just tripped over her shoelaces. She's just a bit fumbly and, and, and clumsy, wasn't she, in that in that exact moment? So the doctors, you know, they look at all the uh, all the vision available for the concussion protocols, and they would have just seen that. Oh, yep, she hasn't done her shoelaces up properly. That's why she fell over. All clear to play this week. Gee, she's uh, she's hard at it, isn't she, Chelsea? Yeah, she's tough as nails, that's for sure. But um, yeah, there's there's unfortunate timing in situations where you're like, ah, that doesn't look like that. Like when you're trying to about to, about to, you're about to go into a hotel and you trip over and blokes go, well, you're drunk. You go, no, no, I just tripped <laughs> over my shoelaces. 
Yeah, Trust not me. Not ideal. Okay, You're not getting in there. But you're wearing boots. Oh. <laughs> You've got the RM Williams on. You're trying to yeah. get into the wool shed. <laughs> you're not wearing shoelaces at all. Um, this to climb up, uh, climb up the, uh, the side like those blokes from Kangaroo Island that got stuck on the balcony. <laughs> the boys had a real crack. I uh, just thought, you know what, let's really have a crack when we get to the mainland. Um, this one, Adam's more of a 3D radio operator. <laughs> have you listened to 3D radio? What is 3D radio? Um, I think it's local. Um, so 3D radio, um, yeah, it's very, very relaxed. Very relaxed in the way that they announce and go into some of their music and stuff. So, yeah, oh, that would cool. suit you down to a T. Yeah, I think so, I believe. Yeah, this one 3D as well. radio. This one as well. Nothing like smashing down a bottle of Jaeger and Sam Booker on my 18th to scar me for life. Any smell of licorice brings me back to that horrible hangover and horrible taste. Still relevant 14 years later. Um, sometimes it's good to have some life lessons like that at an early age to put you off things. I remember when I was going on a road trip, and it's probably not a good thing, but it's probably served my wasteland quite well. Road trip with the family to Queensland, and I remember eating that many cheesels in the back seat that I vomited, <laughs> and now I can't even smell a cheesel anymore. <laughs> oh, you vomited from too many cheesels. Too many cheesels. And now you can't even eat a cheesel. Well, that's, that's not exactly a story of drinking too much Sam Booker, is it? Well, it's more so eating something until you um, vomit, and then you can never ingest it ever again. For whatever reason, I just sort of feel like you could be a bit of a cheesel enthusiast. Well, more of a burgering man myself, That's true. Hazy. But and it's amazing that the burgering is still preserved to this day. We have it hidden somewhere. I've got no idea where it is now. But yeah, it um, goes to show that some of the preservatives that they have in those burgerings, that uh, it's still alive to this day. There's a chunk taken out of it. I think Evie... When she was a baby, must have got her hands on it and took a chunk out of it. And um, I think it's still still good to go. So if hungry at any stage, I might a little snack on it. It's three quarters of a burgering ready to go. Uh, it's just past seven o'clock, so let's get to the news. And coming up after that, we're going to hear from Damien Barrett. A lot to talk about still in regards to the AFL um, and a few little articles floating around as well, um, just about the follow-up in terms of how the Australian cricketers are being perceived at the moment. And in short, it's not good. Keep your texts coming through, 0427-154-166. And we will do it thanks to Tire Power, of course, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Uh, and don't forget as well, show your support for McHappy Day by purchasing a pair of silly socks from Maccas for only $5. Money raised will go towards Ronald McDonald House Charities as they continue to help seriously ill or injured children uh, and their families. It is top of 33 across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Here's the news. And Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. That's three minutes past seven o'clock. Top of 33 across Adelaide today. Jeez, it's going to be warm. Partly cloudy. Uh, get your texts in 0427-154-166. Let's have some fun because you know what? It's Tuesday. Why not? I can't see a good reason why not. Um, Adam Cooney's in. Hello, great man. How are you? Terrific Tuesday. Let's have some fun, Hazy. Yeah. What have you got lined up for me? Well, we've got Mark Miller. A trip to Blanchetown? A trip to Blanchetown for a four-day uh, little uh, trip with all the girls with some cocktails. The How's hairy nipples are on you. <laughs> hairy nipples are on me. <laughs> good. Uh, we're still learning what a hairy nipple cocktail is, but it sounds absolutely delicious as far as I know. Sounds like it'd get stuck in your teeth. It does sound like you get stuck in your teeth. So you can um, keep yourself hydrated and also do some flossing. 
Mike Milligan from Adelaide United is going to join us just after 7.30. We're going to speak to Daniel Johnson as well from the Adelaide 36ers. And very soon we're going to speak to the one and only, the great, the rampaging Michelangelo Rucci. Uh, Damien Barrett, of course, is involved in the AFL Daily podcast. He had this to say about clubs wasting money on football departments. Uh, Barrett citing examples from the Saints, North and even Hawthorne as well. So let's hear from Barrett. And I reckon the lack of responsibility around certain decisions that, that relate to these payouts, because they wouldn't be tolerated in, in other aspects of uh, you know, professions uh, around the world, and yet we just do as, as footy clubs. Um, it's, it's just nothing for a club to recontract a coach, as we've seen very recently, and for them to move on with inside the 100 days. But I'm referring there to St Kilda. I mean, that, that's, that's the, the most staggering one of all time in, in some respects, when uh, St Kilda Footy Club reappointed Brett Ratten as coach and then sacked him less than 100 days after making that appointment. See, uh, I understand exactly where Damien Barrett's coming from with this one and it seems like there is a massively high turnover in the AFL but when you compare it to other sports around the world and even the bigger sports and straight away we always try and compare ourselves to what's happening in these big American sports, the turnover is huge. Steve Nash has just got the flick. Less than 10 games into the season so effectively what it would be like someone getting the sack two, maybe three games into an AFL season. The turnover rate for EPL managers is huge. We're talking about it this morning. There's already been about four or five managers, including the great Stephen uh, Gerrard, who's been given the flick. So it's not overly unusual from a world sport perspective. It feels like as well that perhaps there's somewhat some sheltering happening in the AFL compared to some of these big sports. It is brutal in the big money uh, leagues, particularly over in the U.S., yeah, well, this, the soft cap introduction over the last few years um, in the AFL, uh, I think, has had a huge effect on some decision-making there. And you've obviously got to think about how you spend your money and what resources it goes into with the big EPL club. I mean, they could just sack a manager and then pay another player $200 million to, to walk in the door. So it's a bit, um, the system's a, a bit different there. Whereas the Brett Ratton situation, who was sacked 100 days after re-signing, I mean, that comes off their, their bottom line for the next couple of years. So that might cost them potentially a, an extra full-time physio or an extra staff member that can that can help the players um, and possibly even more than that. So, I mean, that comes off your, your bottom line. It was a staggering decision, really, when you think about it. Um, the Saints were um, in the top eight after 10 or 11 rounds and looking likely that they might finish in the top four. So it was a serious fall away from their form. We understand that. But that, that that's that's got to be more down to the players than Brett Ratton himself. Like, he can't be a potential coach of a top four side 10 rounds in and then not be able to coach at the end of the season you have yeah. to put more um, responsibility on the players like he's either we were lauding him as a great coach halfway through the season and then at the end of it he well he's not the man to take the group forward because they sort of sniffed that Ross Lyon could be a chance and um, I guess when there's a potentially a, a better option out there they they felt that they needed to pull the trigger. So it was uh, a staggering decision. It's cost them a lot of money and hopefully it works out for the Saints because they've gone back to their, their old roots, haven't they, in terms of the, the amount of success that they've had since the 60s has probably been the, um, well, definitely been the Ross Lyon era of those three grand finals. And they're putting uh, all their eggs into that that basket with, with Lenny Hayes coming back to the club, Brendan Goddard 
um, has signed on as a development coach and uh, Robert Harvey um, going back there. So they're certainly um, going back to those glory days, trying to emulate them, aren't they, the Saints? So you read as well that obviously they'd made a decision before they axed Ratton, even though their well, public comment said we have no <laughs> idea who our next coach is going to be. Yeah, well, I, I think they would have got... Uh, a decent assurance that Ross Lyon was available for the job because they wouldn't have just sacked Brett Ratton after re-signing him if there um, if there wasn't someone else waiting in the wings. So uh, a monkey doesn't let go of a branch until he's got a hold of another one. <laughs> that is not a saying, by the way. Yes, it is. That is not a saying. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey doesn't let go of the branch. He's got Until another one. he's got a hold of another one. Is that a saying? Well, it sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, monkey, when they swing, they don't let go of the branch until they've got the other arm on the new branch, and oh, then they're away. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, there you go. I'm learning as we go with this, but it makes sense. It really makes sense. So it does your, when you think about it, when you visualise it. Like, close your eyes and think of a monkey swinging, and then they go right to the end point until they latch onto another one, and then away they go. The momentum goes onwards and upwards from there and that's what we're happening is that's what we think is going to happen with St Kilda yeah there you go, there you go. <laughs> there you go. it's all happening hey just quickly as well you spent some time with Brendan Goddard how will he go in this in this role well he's not the most patient of of characters well he wasn't when he was playing like he demands high standards and he's not shy on voicing his opinion um I think well because he's not a player, I don't think he's going to have that um, direct uh, anger yep. that, that he had. So he would just fire off sometimes without thinking. So I think he, in terms of development and knowledge of the game, he's he'd be fantastic in that role. And I think he'd be uh, a more calmer presence as a development coach. He's not um, a line coach on game day. So uh, messaging, knowledge of the game and being able to educate players, I think he'll be fantastic in that role. But um, just keep him away from the pretzels. <laughs> Hates pretzels. Hates snacks at half time. Yeah. Um, all right, the week's open line is indeed open. 0427154166. That's a text line. But if you want to give us a call, 1300 736 736, just like Sam from Beeler Park has done. Hey, good morning to you, Sam. Want to talk about clubs wasting money? Yeah, a bit about that. But also, I, I think it's uh, time for all of us to have a good hard look at ourselves when Coons is making sense to us. This- <laughs> Very concerning to me with his tree, tree monkey stuff. I, I actually think I understood that. Yeah, me too. Um, and he said it was such but, conviction. Yeah. I was like, hang on, is that a, is that a real saying? Are you just making it up? Yeah, I, no, I, I was just wanted to pick you up on something, Hazy. I, I think it's not so much the turnover. And I agree, in international sport, the turnover is brutal. I think the point he was making was about economic mismanagement. Yep. So you can turn your coach over as much as you want if you're smart enough as an organisation to contract them such that it doesn't cost you a lot of money. But if you sign them to a contract 100 days, I think before you sack them, I think what they're saying is at any level of business in the normal professional world, you're all getting fired for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just... It's, it's just, and I think I've thought about this for a long time, and I think it's because football is somewhat an enclosed professional environment. So, in the normal corporate world, 
it's so open to the success and failures of the market that that performance is guaranteed by the pressures more so. But I think footy in this country is more of a closed market. And so it, it, I just don't think it gets judged as harshly as uh, people in the normal business world do. Yeah, that's a really good, strong point, Sam. Who do you go for? Well, I go for Geelong, so we get it right all the time. So I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty spoiled, I guess. <laughs> I was about to ask you <laughs> if you go for the Secured or Carlton where there's this big coach turnover, but you guys absolutely have been doing it right for a long time, probably Geelong and, and Sydney. So, I mean, you're the definition of how a club should be run. Yeah, we're... we're um, it, just, it just strikes me, I'm sure Coons has been at the heart of the environment, that... The only thing that seems to me that really matters is good people, and you can make anything work around that. If you get good people who um, are conscientious, want to work hard, and do all those sort of things, it's obviously hard to do. A culture is a word that's bandied around a lot. Sometimes I'm not sure it means that much. But if you can find that, whatever the magic dust is, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to separate yourselves from people who aren't getting it right every few years. Absolutely. Yeah. Outstanding call there from Sam. So, Sam, we've got a Signet Boost Power Bank value at fifty nine ninety five for you if you'd like it. So we'll hook you up with Jason and we can get your details if you're interested in that. Um, but, look, it's a really good point from, from Sam that it's it, it's more so it, – it's mismanagement, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the good clubs have stability. If you look at Geelong over a long period of time, there was that um, uh, sort of two, mid-2000s um, – period where Mark Thompson was under an enormous amount of pressure and uh, were they going to get rid of him, chose to keep him on, the club um, stays in a stable environment and they go on to to win three premierships. Uh, Chris Scott, there was talk about whether his game plan, whether he was the right coach for for this club. Now they win the flag this year and he's a two-time premiership coach. So um, you, you can pull the trigger if you think it's not working and if you think there's a better option out there. But... Uh, um, yeah, quite often the the best clubs are the are the stable clubs, and um, and Geelong and and Sydney have have certainly been that over over a long period. And culture as well. There is Sam's right. You need the nail on the head. It's it, there is no Novak Djokovic magic potion to culture. All it is is good people. And if the good people outweigh the bad people, you can have a you can have a pretty strong culture. So mm. that's that's all it is. Is good people making the right decisions and working uh, together to actually achieve success rather than doing it individually. Yep, spot on. Great call. Uh, 0427154166 is a text line. We'll take your text as well all the way up until 8.30. Um, let's hear from Simon O'Donnell, of course, who works, uh, he's part of the SEN stable, just on how the Australian cricket team is perceived at the minute. Uh, and it seems like there's not a lot of love for Aussie cricketers. The, the, the Langer thing's big in this. Pe- people didn't like how that happened. And Justin Langer was, was much loved as a player and, you know, went about his business and he was hard-nosed. And you know, that unceremonious dumping of the coach and the the player's activity behind the scenes in that, that, that has left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Are you still thinking about the Justin Langer situation? Because I went the other day saying, look, I, I have less of an interest uh, when our boys Travis Head and Alex Carey aren't playing. Um, yep. So they're going to be part of the one-day setup and the test setup, of course. But are you still thinking about the Justin Langer situation? Well, to be honest, I wasn't until uh, this World Cup and the um, the players underperforming, 
and it sort of got a lot of us thinking about how the tail was wagging the dog uh, with the, the decision uh, with Justin Langer and um, the players wanted more ownership about what was going on, basically to run the program. And they didn't like the, the hard-nosed approach from Justin Langer. And I think that's uh, that's set a few people off because if it works and the players are running the program and they're making a T20 World Cup semi-final or going back-to-back and winning it, then no one bats an eyelid. They say, oh, great decision. But because this... Um, tournament hasn't gone well for them. Um, the the murmurs um, start. Um, we start to talk about what happened with Justin Langer, and then it puts the public offside. and um, And the players are bristled up about that. They they haven't been happy with some of the uh, the public, I suppose, perception um, and the word going around about the Australian cricket team at the moment. They're not happy with um, the criticism about performance, but that's going to happen. And um, when you oust a, a coach like Justin Langer, who's much loved from a public opinion, and you underperform, inevitably that's going to happen. And you're going to have to cop the criticism and wear it and don't get bitter, get better. Yeah. Ooh, that's another one. Don't get bitter, get better. You're on fire that's today. It. That's it. The monkey well, you know what never they say jumps onto about... another branch until it's already lined a branch up. Was that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> what they say about the giraffe with the long neck. It never eats a leaf without moistening its tongue first. It's <laughs> another one. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a really it's something that I try and live my life by every single day. Yeah. A zebra <laughs> never changes its spots. <laughs> Very true again. Seven eighteen on sixteen twenty nine SENSA. We're gonna to speak to Michelangelo Rucci next and we'll do it thanks to Type Power, their buying power puts the power in your lane. And also Weeks, discover how we're delivering a higher standard of design and build quality. Weeks homes, discover different. Top of 33 across Adelaide today. It'll be partly cloudy. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch. Yes, Roach is one of the best in the business. We know that. We're very lucky we get to speak to him each and every morning before he drives you home from 3 o'clock in the afternoon with Kim Dillon. Roach, good morning to you. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Adam. Uh, Roach, uh, let's get into it. We've been speaking just before about uh, some comments from Damien Barrett from AFL Daily. Uh, Just in regards to some of the spending or turnover in coaching, um, so I was talking about just how prevalent it is overseas with some of these sporting organisations. And then we had a call from Sam who rightfully pointed out, no, what he's talking about is the genuine mismanagement of money in the AFL, particularly with the soft cap. Is it an issue? Well, it's going to be interesting how St Kilda balance out their books as well. And they're, and they're a club that's under AFL financing as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's St Kilda one was most irresponsible because although when you put a six-month payout on Brett Ratner, it's not as a heavy hit as it should have been you know, when you sign a bloke for two years and then you only have to pay him out for six months because you're finding someone else is around the corner who you'd rather have. Um, yeah, it is irresponsible. There's no doubt about that at all. And then, and then we know pre-COVID, there was just so much spending on stuff that clearly through the COVID era had to be cut back and and probably isn't going to come back into their football programs again. So, yeah, there has been a lot of irresponsible spending. Mm. So, 
is I mean, is it is it, is it normal, Roach, or do you think that it's something that needs to be needs to be fixed, or can you see this being the future? I mean, are we going to see more of a higher turnover of coaches? I think we've had a high turnover of coaches, regardless. You know, it's not. I mean, COVID might have might have you know put some clubs into a new perspective of how they spend their money, but but normally everyone's chasing the same thing, which is the premiership, and everyone thinks that you know sometimes if you burn a million bucks to move on a coach and then get the other one, because there's also a cost in, in getting the other one. It's not just the payout of. Of the, of the old coach, you know, if it's justified by winning a flag, well, then all all good. But it's only one team that wins every year, so the other seventeen, if they haven't been, yeah, if they haven't been smart with their money, they, they're going to be seen as being irresponsible with it. Uh, I'm not sure how it ever, it ever is going to end because clearly we've seen since the game began. As soon as you know, management gets frustrated or impatient. The coach is the one that's pretty well, you know, shown the door. I'm tipping Ross Lyon doesn't come in on minimum wage either, Roach. So no, he do won't. you think he that do you, th- do you think it should be a coach's salary should be in the soft cap? Because uh, evidently, if Brett Ratton is going to have to be paid out a couple of or a few hundred thousand dollars, that's potentially two say full time physios, two staff members that the players miss out on because of the management or mismanagement that's happened from upstairs. Well, you don't put it in the soft cap at all, Adam. Then you're going to have more and more clubs tempted. At the moment, there's probably been a few clubs that have stopped sacking their coaches because of the soft cap, and then you're going to get more and more irresponsible wastage of money in football so damned if you do damned if you don't with that soft cap but uh, when the bigger question is one that Michael Malthouse always used to point out when do the boards become held accountable for the way in which they spend this money well they well, we've seen it at Essendon that what's happened that the board has survived so long in that footy department and and everything that's happened upstairs survived to the point where there was multiple coaches gone and a real lack of success and then only finally after a review that there was um, some changes that were made not to say that it was the the board's fault why Essendon haven't won a final for over um, how long is it now? It's about eight, nine thousand days or something ridiculous like that. But um, yeah, there's yeah, there's got to be a, an element of that. But, but um, the bigger point with Essendon is three reviews, maybe four if you count the one they never read, not one of them ever pointed out an issue with Ben Rutten. Not one of them. There was all, all other issues that were involved at Essendon, but not one of them had an issue with... Not one review pointed to the need to move Ben Rutten on, and yet he was the one who copped it pretty quickly. So there's a lot of irresponsible actions by AFL clubs, but... I mean, the Ross Lyon one with Brett Ratton just tells you, as soon as you see a board that becomes tempted by what they think is the answer to winning a premiership, they'll, they'll just tear up contracts. Mm. Roach, love your work. Top of 33 across Adelaide today. Rig out or what? Uh, too much competition with you around, Andrew. <laughs> oh, I'm retreating. I'm retreating. White flag. You've, you've won the race. <laughs> Good call, especially with Kim Dillon in the mix as well. Not enough room. Not enough room. Hey, Rooch, catch you first thing tomorrow morning. Thank you. Michelangelo Rucci drives you home this afternoon, 3 o'clock with Kim Dillon for SENSA Drive. Uh, 7.29, we're going to speak to Mark Milligan from Adelaide United very, very soon, so keep it locked.
Uh, we are doing it as well, of course, thanks to Weeks. Discover how we're delivering a higher standard of design and build quality. Weeks homes discover different. We're coming to you live from SENSA Studio, Lumo, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Yes, good morning to you. And a big shout out this morning to our good friends at Morn Team. We uh, thank them for their continued support. And just a heads up as well. Um, did you check the letterbox recently, Coons? Because otherwise, Morn Team Ford Mount Barker, that's where you go for the V6 Ranger. I was going to say, is my Ranger rocked up in the letterbox yet? Surely it's on its way over. I think you got lost. Didn't turn up. That's okay. Might be, the, might be the Raptor making its way over no, instead. Do you reckon? Just hold your breath. See what happens. <laughs> uh, go see DT and the guys down there at Moore Team. Outstanding stuff. And um, what we do need to tell you as well is um, we're going to speak to Daniel Johnson from the 36ers a little bit later on, just after 8 o'clock. Um, keep your eyes peeled at 36ers fans because CJ Bruton is speaking this morning and something pretty substantial we think it will be announced. So there you go. Yes. Is it an Andrew Hayes assigned to the Next Stars program? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Just got to get through that calf injury first. Just got to get through that calf injury and that lack of talent and the inability <laughs> to dribble, and then we'll be fine. Oh, Dri- you can dribble, all right. <laughs> Dribbling's not easy, mate. Dribbling a basketball, yeah. that is. Dribble mm. rubbish. Yeah, absolutely. All right, keep the text coming through. 0427-154-166. We're going to catch up with Mark Milligan from Adelaide United very, very soon. Uh, yes, and like we said, Daniel Johnson, not too far away from the 36ers. Six, Johnson. Johnson. 7.36 on 16.29, top of 33 across Adelaide today. Here's the news. Good morning. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire power. Save during the big holiday sale on now. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. I'm looking at Coming to you live from SNSA Studio Lumo, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Text line is open, 0427 154 166. And the Reds are on fire. 4-2 win over Western United. Uh, sitting quite comfortably now in the top four. Third, in fact, uh, ahead of a big game, the grudge match against Victory on Friday night. Looking forward to it and tell us all about it. is the uh, assistant coach and a soccer who's legend. That is Mark Milligan. Morning to you, Mark. Morning, gentlemen. How are we? Going very well, thanks, mate. Uh, how good's a review after a game like that? <laughs> yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. We're in a good, positive result. But um, look, I think for the most part, it was a, a fantastic performance, which is you know what first and foremost we always we always look at. Uh, you know, you try and take try and take the emotion of the result out of it, and, and look at the things that we did well, and then obviously the things where we can do better. And it's going to be important that uh, you know we continue to improve leading into this big game on Friday. How do you approach a team like Western United who are supposed to be better than the way that they're going right now? It's it's unbelievable. I, I, I did hear Carl after the game say, look, this was a, a real solid danger game. But how do you go into a game like that when you're supposed to win, but you know that these guys, for whatever reason, just aren't quite hitting their straps? Yeah, look, it's actually you know quite difficult. They're a, they were a little, they are a little bit of a, a wounded beast, so to speak. You know, they have some fantastic players and. Now, they won the league last year. Um, you know, there, there's a reason for that. That's because of the quality that they have. They haven't had, a, you know, the greatest uh, of results or the greatest start to the season. So, you know, that potential's there. And you know that if we, you know, and they showed it early in the second half, we, we took our foot off the gas a little bit and, 
you know, they, they, they had that 15-sort-of-minute spell where they really tested us. So they are difficult. They are tricky games. But we knew that, uh, you know, if we executed and, um, you know, we, we were good at what we do, then, then we'd cause them problems, which we, which we did in the second half. And we got that control back eventually in the second half. But, again, you know, we know their qualities. Um, we had a good match against them in pre-season where they showed that as well. So it was important that, uh, you know, we went on with that performance in the second half. It's a, a classic case of what we call in the AFL industry, Mark, a premiership hangover from Western United at the moment. They obviously celebrated way too hard and they're struggling at the moment. But it was good to get the win 4-2. But how good is an early goal too? I mean, one in the first 10 minutes, that must settle the nerves a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably something that we were, look, I'll say missing because in early in games at the start of the season, we're creating a number of chances, just not converting. So... These last couple, we've created the same chances. We've started the game extremely well, and to get your reward for that is is very encouraging, especially for the players. You know, they, that uh, that breathes the confidence, and um, like I said, to be converting those chances early on you know, makes a big difference in the concept of the game, uh, especially against a team like Western, who you know are a little bit wounded, a little bit hurt. You know, that all all those negative thoughts can come flooding back quite quickly when you score an early goal against a team like that. And then when you go in at halftime with a commanding lead, you mentioned that Western came um, came out firing after that and, and hit you pretty hard and got themselves sort of back into the contest. But at, at halftime, is the mentality, um, was there a little bit of, I suppose, a lax in, in concentration when you come out? You are pretty comfortable at halftime and then um, you see what the opposition comes out firing um, after that? Yeah, well, it's definitely something that we tried to, especially Carl tried to address. We, we wanted to keep the intensity in that game. Um, you know, that's when we're at our best, when, when we're doing things quickly, you know, when the ball's in play, when we're, when we're working hard. So we wanted to keep that in the second half. But, you know, unfortunately, a little bit of human nature sometimes sneaks in. And, you know, that, that 3 nil result in the back of the head, you, you like to have things comfortable. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, in football, you, it's not always the case. You know, like I said, one goal can change the the outlook of the entire game, uh, no matter what the sort of score is. So, look, we uh, we took a few liberties early in the second half, but you know, that's I guess a little bit of naivety on our part. But you know, I think that lesson's been well and truly learnt now. We'll wait around today for Socceroos squad selection and the announcement of everything, and we are expecting Craig Goodwin to be in that squad. Are we? Are we so confident now, Mark, that if he's not in the squad, are we suggesting that there's some kind of corruption at the top level? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think from our point of view, you know, I think now, uh, you know, he came in quite late into the piece in, in terms of pre-season and things like that, obviously dealing with a few little niggles through the off-season. But, you know, I think he's well and truly hit his straps now. And you know, as we spoke about last week, he's such an important player for us. Uh, you know, not just what he does with the ball, but his leadership around the team. And, you know, I think... He'll he'll bring a lot of positives to that national team, and I think you know I think from our point of view, he's he's definitely uh, you know a very very good chance to go, and I think we'd all be a little bit disappointed if that wasn't the case. Squad bombshell was dropped this morning. Uh, Mitch Langerak left out of the Socceroos squad. Were you surprised by this? Uh, the news that blew up this morning about that. Um, yeah, look, uh, a little bit. Mitch is a fantastic goalkeeper. He's, uh, you know, I think he won the, the, the most valuable player at his club in, in Japan this year. He has a host, you know, a great deal of experience. But obviously, you know, during the COVID period, it was very difficult for everyone. And, uh, you know, he, he took that uh, two years away. And, um, you know, a lot of 
other goalkeepers have sort of put their hand up and been do- been doing very well. Uh, one of which is is Joey with us. So, look, I'm not totally surprised. I think uh, you know it would have been a very difficult decision, but uh, yeah, not totally shocked. So, just in terms of the squad as well, um, can you give us some details, Mark? Do, when when do they leave? And if so, does that mean? I mean, would would Craig be rested for this week anyway? Would he not play? Uh, no, it's a very different setup. Obviously, this year being having the World Cup during the season. Normally, we have a good four to five week lead in to a World Cup where you know the coaching staff and the physios and everyone get you know that good chunk of time with you to prepare you. And this obviously being through the season, I think the players only will have a seven day lead in. Now, the majority of boys hopefully will be playing this weekend uh, with their clubs because I think that's not only better for obviously the clubs, but that's better for the national team as well. Once they get into camp, they only have seven days before their first game. So you need these boys playing you know, as much football as possible leading into it. A um, little bit of an extended squad for them now. They're carrying 26 at the World Cup. Normally, it's only 23. So look, there's a host of changes. But um, no, Goody will definitely be playing this weekend. Yes, for our benefit, but for his benefit as well. You want, you want him going into that World Cup with, with uh, games and minutes under his belt. So with it being tough for the whole squad to assemble, given the timing of the World Cup, how often would they be meeting, say, on Microsoft Teams with Graham Arnold and going over game plan and tactics and the way that they want to play? Would, would that be a, a weekly thing leading up, or do they just get into camp and know what they're doing? Yeah, look, probably not a great deal. Uh, you know, things haven't changed a great deal with Arnie or with any national team coach sort of in that lead-up period through qualification and things like that. And, look, it's extremely difficult, you know, Arnie's uh, position that he's in. You're sort of looking at a group, you know, between 40 and 60 players of of potentials that that could be there and thereabouts. Obviously, you have a core group that's been through the whole qualifying campaign, but it's very, very difficult to get everyone together and, and to be able to go through things. I think the main thing that they do is they they have the physio and the medical staff in constant contact with these players uh, getting updates getting um, you know reports from clubs and things like that I think the main focus for them is to make sure that everyone's coming in the best possible shape as possible uh, as they can and then using that week to to really hammer down on tactics and and the way that they're going to do things. What's the pressure meter like for Graham Arnold leading into this World Cup? Um, probably a little bit off now. I think the main focus, uh, you know, during, because it was such a tough, especially that two and a half years with COVID and things like that to qualify. So I think now that, that that's all done, I think that was, that was the real sort of pressure cooker there. It was, um, you know, he had it very difficult, a lot of away games, uh, which, which obviously we're not used to. We're, we're a very, very good side at home. There's a lot of tough trips to Asia and I think to, to lose that home ground advantage, uh, you know, for whatever reason, made that campaign extremely difficult. So, look, I think now it's more time, you know, to, to assemble his team, to enjoy this process leading into the World Cup and to enjoy the experience of playing against, you know, world-class teams and really being able to test himself and, and the team that he selects up against the very, very best. Victory at a revamped Cooper Stadium on Friday night. Right now, the temperature is supposed to be sort of late 20s, mostly sunny. This is as good as it gets in terms of uh, what you can get up to on a Friday night. It, tell us, is it just as spicy as it's ever been in terms of the rivalry? Look, absolutely. I think, as you <laughs> say, first and foremost, I don't think there is many better places to be this Friday night. I think it'll be an absolutely yeah. fantastic match. And um, 
Yeah, that rivalry is definitely there. Look, they had a good win on the weekend as well. They had a little bit of a slow start to the season. Um, we're, we're very, very excited. Short turnaround. So, look, very, very difficult for the coaching staff because I spend a hell of a lot of time sitting in front of a computer. But as a player, uh, these, are, these are the sort of weeks that you want. You know, you want to play, get on the training track for a limited amount of time and then get back into a big game. So, look, massive, massive game to finish before this break. Was there still a, a little soft spot there in the heart for Melbourne victory or is it all hatred this week? No, oh, look, I think, you know, you always have that uh, little bit of a soft spot for teams that you've played for and places that you've been. But, you know, my overriding feeling is, is to win and that, that's always been the case with me. And, look, I hope we absolutely go out, put on a, a show for our fans and, and put in a, a big performance, get a big result. Mark, we are very lucky to speak to you as much as we do, so we appreciate uh, your generosity with your time. Good luck on Friday night. We're right behind you and looking forward to a nice big win at Cooper's. Absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much. Okay, Mark Milligan joining us this morning. So uh, there you go. Like Seriously, the, the stadium is magnificent. Friday night, 29 degrees is the forecast right now. It's going to be mostly sunny. And uh, geez, the Melbourne Victory supporters, they turn up as well. And they are very, very up and about when they uh, roll through. So this is going to be outstanding. I'm going. I'll be there. You're going to fly yeah. over. We'll see you there. <laughs> I'll fly over. Uh, if I can't get a flight, I'll run over Cane Corns <laughs> style. Because it'll be a great night, great atmosphere. And I dare say there'd be a few Coopers consumed at Coopers on Friday. You'd think so. It would make sense. Uh, 7.51 on 16.29 SENSA and we're doing a thanks to Weeks. Discover a better way to build Weeks homes. Discover different. Uh, keep those texts coming through as well. 0427 154 166. Montane Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Yeah, text line really fired up this morning. It's great to see, especially on a Tuesday. 0427-154-166. Can you get in touch with the show as well before 8.30? 1-300-736-736. Uh, as well. We were speaking about Ross before and just how brilliant Ross Lyon is at creating what we've called Ross Lyon-isms, where he's got these sayings and you think, hang on, is that a real saying or did you make that up, Ross? Once why it doesn't make a summer, does it? But I thought there was a bit to like in there. Well, I think you just let the cobblers do the cobbling. You take your bouquets and you take your hits. As I said, it's got more froth than theranos. Working diligently and assiduously and intently and with a passion. We don't rebuild, but we restump, we rewire, we replumb. There you go. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it's Tuesday morning just after 7 o'clock and Ross Lyon gets completely outdone. Now, monkey doesn't let go of a branch until he's got a hold of another one. <laughs> there, there it is. You just completely outdid the man who was the king of just random little sayings like that. You just completely made that up, and I'm all here for it. Well, I got halfway through that sentence and thought, I'm not sure where this one's going. But it does, in the cold light of day, it does make sense, doesn't it? I suppose so. It does. It's true. The monkey never goes from one branch to another without knowing its next step. Like, it wouldn't just Correct. launch itself into midair and hope for the best. No. Like, before it's... Is it a paw? I don't think it is. Before its hand leaves the branch, it knows where its next hand or foot is going. This so is you're spot correct. on. 
It's just strange. This is exactly that, the point mm, I was trying to make. It's strange that you're thinking about monkeys because a lot of people as well assume, and maybe we're in the same bracket, Coons, that, that at all times when we're supposed to be thinking deeply and diligently that there's <laughs> monkeys in our heads playing tambourines. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little hamster on just, a wheel going just cra- pretty hard up. Just down. crashing them together. <laughs> it's a little hamster <laughs> going full throttle on a, on a wheel. Yeah. And getting absolutely nowhere. So this yeah. is the kind of award-winning stuff you get on uh, SENSA Breakfast. Yes, so keep it locked. Daniel Johnson, not too far away as well. This text as well from our good mate Callum. He said, hey guys, can you ask DJ what is about Adelaide that makes him hang around? Because... There's nothing worse than when somebody builds a relationship for, let's say, four years and then just leaves you for a more flashy workplace. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Their uh, loyalty is few and far between now, Callum. And it's, uh, you know what speaks the loudest? The folding stuff, Callum. The big pile of folding stuff, which (laughs) is speaking volumes at the moment with our man, old Chompers. Uh, Old Chompers McGee. Good stuff. Great text. Wait till you see the set of pearly whites he gets with his new gig. Yeah, veneers. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting veneers. Be like Luna Park. Yeah. Oh, good text, eh, Callum? 0427154166. Daniel Johnson up next. Right now, though, let's get into the newsroom. Uh, and a big uh, shout-out as well to uh, Morn Team, our good mates at Morn Team. And Morn Team Ford Mount Barker, that's where you go for the V6 range. A top of 33 across Adelaide today. Morn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. That is the text line. Get involved this morning. Still plenty of time as well to get yourself in the mix to pick up a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at fifty nine ninety five. This text coons. Do you think if Adelaide Oval had a capacity of eighty thousand, it would be a full house Thursday night? India v England. Great oval, but doesn't hold enough. I think Ross Lyon and Michelangelo went to the same school. Beautiful morning up in Handorf. That's from Arthur. There's a lot in that text. Um, Adam, your thoughts? A monkey doesn't <laughs> let go of a branch. Until he's got a hold of another one. That's a very good point. Your thoughts, Graham Corns? <laughs> you dickhead. Okay. What about you, Kane Corns? Baby! Okay, it's all happening yeah. here. It's all happening at the moment, isn't it? Oh, God, we're on fire this morning. Things are going really, really well. But mm. I'd like to see um, the capacity at Adelaide Oval uh, enhanced or increased. That'd be nice. If you could get 80,000 in... They'd probably almost pack it out, I'd say, for the big one, India v England, yeah. for a chance at the T20 World Cup final. Which uh, seems unbelievable that, uh, I mean, if India was involved, you could potentially pack it out and jam 80,000 in there, uh, particularly if you had a, a bigger northern stand or you had some sort of northern stand. But if Australia was playing and they weren't playing against India or some of those sides, then you'd get nowhere near that crowd. Is that just so ridiculous? Yeah, well, it just goes to show how passionate the Indians are about their cricket and how on the nose the Australian team are at the moment. Okay, um, very good. This text from Brett, he said, I've got a good Ross Lyonism. He said, coaching is like walking down the aisle and getting married. It's either going to work or it's not. That's like sounds like something ridiculous he would say. Ross would say something like that for sure. Mm. Well, it's, um, it's always a risk, isn't it, when you walk down that aisle? It's either going to work or or it's not. It's a it's genuine true. 50-50 proposition, that. Yeah, it really is. Uh, keep the text coming through, 0427 154 
uh, Daniel Johnson from the Adelaide 36ers. We're going to speak to him very, very soon. It's been really frustrating to watch the Sixers, to be honest with you, because uh, every time you think they're up and about and they're absolutely on fire, then they'll go down the following game. And that's what happened on the weekend against the Wildcats. Went down by five points off the back of this big win against the Hawks over in Illawarra. Um, so, look, we're just looking for a bit of consistency from the boys. Mm, yeah, and they were struggling too. So it was beware the wounded wildcat on the weekend, wasn't it? But uh, a little bit up and down. And I'm looking forward to you pressing DJ with the hard-hitting questions about uh, how the team's going, how they're gelling, uh, how Randall is fitting in, uh, his own form with the big dogs around him. So I might just sit back and be an intent listener oh. coming up on, on you well, if you want to go one-on-one with DJ. Hey, how's that for gaslighting as well? Like you, you just genuinely want to have a break, but you're like, you know what? I'll give you an opportunity to ask the hard hitting, hitting questions and just increase your value as a journalist. Yeah, I've got a uh, nine o'clock gym class I've got to go to. So. Your That's gym classes, by the way, are getting out of control. I mean, how many gym classes are you hitting each day? It's ridiculous. It's starting to show, though, as well. So there's a little compliment for you. Yeah, well, it's a balanced lifestyle at the moment. Mm. Uh, my gym is certainly uh, offsetting my. Consumption of uh, Sambuca. Yeah, you've certainly got to do something to uh, burn off those extra Sambuca calories. I don't think I'll ever have one of them again. I think I'm done. I think my relationship with Sambuca is over. That's completely fine and fair. Um, All right, let's talk about some cricket as well. And just on the cricket as well, let's hear from Glenn Maxwell uh, post-match after Australia exited the tournament. Cricket never stops, so you, you don't get time to dwell. Maybe when you retire, you think back to it, and, oh, it would have been nice to have won that, but doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> There's no point in dwelling about it. It's, it's like, oh, well, should, wish we had a one. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> so Glenn, Glenn Maxwell copped some negative feedback from those comments. So, And if you isolate different words, and especially when they're via print, when you say things like, it doesn't mean anything, mm. then they can be absolutely misconstrued. They play so much cricket that there's no time to sit there and be flat for a few days. Like They're a few days yeah. away from getting into a one-day tournament. So I completely understand where Glenn Maxwell's coming from. And Glenn Maxwell seems like one of the most ultimate laid-back blokes who is still going at 100%, but uh, does things a little bit differently. So no issue with those comments whatsoever. You? Well, I guess we wouldn't hear an AFL player say that after a grand final. Would we? Like you wouldn't hear any of the Sydney players saying, "Oh, look!" At the end of the day, I mean, I wish we would have won, but it doesn't matter. We move on. There's a big preseason coming up, and then we go again. Like in isolation, you think, "Oh, hang on, that doesn't sound like he's fully committed or invested or emotionally um, upset about that." But I guess it's a good attitude. It's a good positive attitude. What's the point of dwelling on not winning when all you can do is focus on what's coming up next? I mean, there's, uh, um, there's a short, I think there's more, um, 50 over games coming up and then there's a test series, uh, obviously the boxing day, um, tests coming up. Uh, I think South Africa are in town this year. So, um, there's always cricket to look forward to and, yeah, it's not going to change the result, sitting back and dwelling on it, is it? No, it's not. But I think the difference is if you're coming off an AFL grand final, you're sitting there going, well, it's months until we start round one again and then even more and more months until we potentially get the opportunity to play finals versus in Glenn Maxwell's eyes, he goes, oh, by the way, we've got a one-day series against England next week. 
Yeah, <laughs> we're playing again next week. We've got yeah. a five-day turnaround, so yeah, you're right. This is a bit different, but um, it was a disappointing tournament. There was, there was no doubt about that. But I think it's the T20 World Cup, whilst it's quite important and prestigious, and you want to win, it's it's not the pinnacle of cricket. Yep. It's winning Test matches is what matters. Yeah. So look, if someone off the back of say a series loss at Test level to England said that, yeah, then after I the think Ashes, that would really. <laughs> After the ashes, I think that would really, really stir the pot. Um, let's once again hear from Simon O'Donnell, who spoke yesterday on SEN Breakfast just about, I suppose, how emotionless the Aussies have been. The emotion of it, I couldn't understand how emotionless we were, particularly in that format. You know, it's a, it's a jazzy up, you know, you've got to be up sort of format. And, and I thought we were, we just looked not there. Um, you know, that's hard to probably explain. It just... You look at some of the other teams and and the way they were they were going about it and the, how emotionally engaged in the game they were and you know, at times they just felt the Aussies sort of switched on switched off. Mitch Stark not having a good tournament and you know then he goes. We were never settled. You know, it, leading in in the in the warm up games, we weren't settled. You know, there, was, there was they were still fiddling with orders and stuff. So I'm like hard to put your finger on it, Sam, but. We, we were off, we're off pace. We were generally off pace, and if we, it would have been just a fluke to get into a semi. We didn't deserve to get. It. We we weren't playing good enough. Yeah. See, the big question marks and big concerns. If that word emotionless is starting to get to get used during a test series, that's well, when you can we, cast serious judgment. Yeah, we spoke to might have been Chad Sayers last week about the lack of emotion that the um, that the Aussie cricket players were, were showing. I think Glenn Maxwell got fired up after a couple of wickets here and there, but um, yeah, Simon's, Simon's right. There was a, a lack of emotion. And then to hear the comments from Glenn Maxwell, maybe they, they weren't fully committed and invested 100% into trying to win the thing uh, and sort of were going through the motions in a way. Um, maybe there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. You just never know in these team environments. So... Yeah. Um, unless something comes out publicly, I guess we'll never find out. But yeah, well, they didn't hit their best um, shots. Uh, they didn't bowl their best deliveries. And a monkey never lets go of a branch before it grabs onto another one. So true and so very well said. <laughs> very nice work. <laughs> Ten minutes past eight o'clock. Let's speak to Daniel Johnson from the 36ers next. Top of 33 across Adelaide today. It'll be partly cloudy. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. I'm better than ever. Good morning to you. 16 minutes past eight. 36 has got a little break now. The favourite break before they get back into it next week uh, against Melbourne United. So to speak about the loss on the weekend, the past couple of games as well, because it's been a bit of a mixed bag, is... One of the club's absolute greats, and that is Daniel Johnson. He joins us right now. DJ, good morning to you. Morning. How's it going? Going very well, thanks, mates. Um, tough loss on the weekend. Take us through it. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Um, obviously, went over to Illawarra and have a, had a great win, and um, you know thought we were moving in the right direction, and then just unfortunately had a pretty pretty bad start to the game against Perth, and, and ended up going down, which is yeah a bit disappointing. It's easy to ask, but can you put your your finger on the inconsistency? Oh, it's tough. Like normally, in most games that we've lost this year, it's it's kind of been our offense has been a bit stagnant. Um, the other night, I thought it was more our defense, um, especially in that first quarter. Um, you know, we gave them a 
a pretty decent lead and, um, you know, managed to get back in the game. But by that stage, it was, you know, it was a competition. So, um, yeah, I think just the way we're starting games is a bit of an issue at the moment. It's tough to keep Bryce Cotton quiet. Uh, you did a great job for three quarters, uh, but you can't keep the superstars down for too long. Do you feel like he might have been the difference in the end? Uh, yeah, I think we just kind of, um, you know, fell away from the scout a bit in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, it was kind of intention to, to keep him off the three-point line. Obviously, you know, when he gets gone from there, he can he can blow the game open, which is, which is what ended up happening. So... I think, um, yeah, just executing that scout on him, you know, making him, you know, drive the ball and, and force him into the help was, was what we were trying to do. And it worked for three quarters, but, you know, when he took over, that was kind of the game there. So, DJ, your six is great. You've, you've seen it all. Um, have you got the squad? Have you got the right pieces, do you think? Yeah, I think we've definitely got the right amount of talent. Um, we're just struggling at the moment to get everyone, you know, working together. Um, you know, we, we just got to have guys accept roles and, and buy in. And, you know, it starts from the defensive end, I think. Um, you know, if everyone's playing defense, you know, we're out getting stops and running and then, you know, the ball's moving and, and guys are going to get, get their shots and everyone's going to be happy on that end. So I think it's just everyone locking in defensively and, and, you know, making that, you know, the standard that we set for each other. How frustrating is it for you uh, with your own form? I mean, huge against Ill- Illawarra. Uh, Randall comes back, more minutes. Uh, the rotations between the, the stars, uh, I, um, I guess you could say. Is it frustrating for you uh, having to adjust your, your game for when those other guys are around? Oh, I mean, I've said from the start, I'm sacrificing this year. And, you know, if we have talent, I'm, I'm more than happy to take a back step. And, and, you know, as long as we're winning games and, having success as a club, you know, it really doesn't bother me. You know, I've been around for a while now and, you know, I'm really just looking for that championship. Um, I think when we're, when we're losing games, it's a bit more frustrating because you want to help and you want to, you want to do the right thing by the boys and, and try and get us over the line. So, yeah, I think I'm still trying to figure it all out. Um, obviously, we've got a talented group and, yeah, just trying to find my role at this point. Uh, it's, it sounds like, yeah, it's an interesting mix, DJ, because against Illawarra, uh, I mean, you were just absolutely on fire. So, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, but if I'm the coach, I want the ball in your hands. Do you feel the same way? Oh, I mean, I think I need to get more touches and be more aggressive. I mean, that's that's on me as much as it is on anyone else. Um, you know, I've got to be demanding the ball and, and trying to be more aggressive. Obviously, I'm out there to, to score the ball and, and, and do well on that end of the court. So, yeah, like I said, it's still a work in progress. Um, you know, we're seven games in now, so... You know, obviously what we're doing is not working. Um, so we're going to make a few little tweaks here and there. But, um, yeah, going forward, I'll definitely put on myself to be a bit more aggressive. There's been a lot of talk about Craig Randall um, this season to start off with. Um, the, the fitness, uh, the form, What's what sort of teammate is he? Oh, you know, Craig's fiery. Like, everyone knows that. But um, I think once you understand him, um, you know, he's a competitor. He can... He can have these outbursts, but then just completely forget about it and just go about his business again. So, um, yeah, I think as a teammate, you know, you know, on the court, the numbers he's producing and the efficiency he's getting it done at is, is not an issue at all, I don't think. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just when we have so much talent and so many guys on the ball and so many guys are used to being the, the go-to option. It's just trying to get everyone on the same page and fit in and, and sacrifice for each other, which is... It's always a challenge every year, so we're just trying to deal with that at the moment. Mm, interesting. Uh, DJ, we'll wait and see what the best mix is going forward. I think CJ Bruton's going to speak this uh, this morning. Um, what about the break? You've got a few days off now. Anything uh, on the agenda? 
No, I mean, we just need to get together as a group and practice. Um, you know, we've had a lot of games over the last week or so and haven't really had time to just, you know, get on the practice court and, and fix a few of these issues. So that's what we're going to try and do. Um, it's obviously difficult with a few of the guys uh, being away for the fever windows and, and playing for their countries. But, um, you know, the guys that are here, we're going to make sure we get in there and work hard and, and try and fix a few of these things. But a positive perspective as well, uh, particularly, I mean, it hasn't been the results you would have liked, particularly on your home, home court, but... The crowd has been sensational. What's the, what's the atmosphere been like? Oh, it's been amazing. Um, you know, we're disappointed that we haven't been able to win those home games. Um, everyone keeps turning out and, and showing up and, and, you know, making a great atmosphere for us. So it's really on us to, you know, pay the fans back and, and start winning some games and, and keep them coming back. Um, the other night, I think, was was the attendance record there. So, yeah, it was just amazing to be a part of that. And like I said, we're going to put the effort in to try and, you know, win these games and, and really turn the season around. You mentioned the the break and you've got to get back to training and working harder. Would you rather keep rolling on and try and get that form back or could this be a nice little circuit breaker for the group to try and organise things? Yeah, I think what we need most is just time on the practice court at the moment. So it's actually coming a good time for us. Um, I think after this we're pretty pretty flat out till February. So this is really the last little chance we get to have a little mini break and, and really regroup. So... Yeah, hopefully we can just fix the things that um, that we've got going on here. And, and I think we've got a pretty big, important double coming up as well. Um, two roadies against, you know, Melbourne, who's in form, and, and New Zealand, who's probably been the best team in the league this year. So we'll know where we're at after that for sure. Mate, we appreciate your time, and we love the way that you go about it. You've been so good for so long, and the end is nowhere near in sight. So good luck uh, against Melbourne next week, and uh, we're looking forward to you guys uh, putting together a couple of wins in a row. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Daniel Johnson joining us this morning, who's just been unbelievably consistent as a player. 36 supporters would absolutely love him, and so they should. Absolutely. And I think there's big things on the horizon for DJ, and he'll be a point-scoring mm. machine again coming up soon. Do you reckon he's going to get more of a rotation? So. I think he <laughs> might a little bit more time coming up, a few more buckets coming his way. Righto, Scoopasaurus. <laughs> <laughs> 23 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. You just got a good feeling? Jay Bruton's got to say later, maybe. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Discover a better way to build weeks homes. Discover different. Top of 33 across Adelaide today. Get ready for another hot one. It's going to be partly cloudy. Montan Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for immediate delivery on class-leading Kia vehicles. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Breakfast with Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes. Well, good morning to you. That was quite abrupt. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Better than ever. Yeah, just did, decided not to play this time. That's fine. You just do you. Little outro. That's so, okay. Um, I'm so sick of that song anyway. <laughs> well, the song speaks very highly of you, Adam. So come on. We need to change it up. I think yeah. we need more more corn. Okay, more corn. Uh, more Graham or Kane? What are we talking? More Graham? Mix them both together. Mix them both together. That's probably... True good. Blue. Well, that's a pretty good one. Is it me, me or you? you? <laughs> is it mum and in, dad? In the log. Is it a cock or two? I love that song, <laughs> Hazy. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of his mouth, do you? Oh, he's such a vibrant personality. He really is. Hey, what a big show, Coons. We had Daniel Johnson Huge. on before. Uh, Mark Milligan from Adelaide United. And, of course, Michelangelo Rucci. So download the podcast and have fun with that. Catch you bright and early tomorrow morning, first thing from 6am. Are you going to be back tomorrow, are you? Yeah, that's all right with you. For for a short time. Yes, unless it's pulled early. Anyway, see you tomorrow. (laughs) Whiteley's up next. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) 
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.